Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday, but this is a special Thursday. We have all three co-hosts on. We got me, Mike Hill. We got Mike Scadato, and we got Jeff Kashid. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Doing real good. How about yourselves? <laughs> I am well. What's up, everybody? You've got the three-way, but keep your yeah. minds out of the gutter. The uh <laughs> The, the the second three-way of the year, the other was, of course, uh, with our Halloween uh, ends wrap-up. And tonight, we're giving you the best of uh, 2022 slash, you know, New Year, Christmas, holiday send-off. So, good to be here. Absolutely. And we're going to be doing our top six. And uh, that's um, uh, Jackie was the one who came up with the uh, three, you know, get three co-hosts. Mm-hmm. 666 uh concept so uh so yeah shout out to uh jackie smith of course uh into the necrosphere right. um, host you know and our, and our good friend yeah that's right absolutely and, and while we're uh mentioning into the necrosphere we might as well plug the rest of the horsemen right that's right that's right that's right we got monday is horror wolf 666 brought to you by brandon legion i already shouted out jackie but he comes at you on tuesdays with into the necrosphere Wednesday is everything went black. That's uh, you know, kind of like an open-ended um, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> a lot of different stuff on there. That's my the, f- the flagship podcast, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And then what's on Thursday, Mike? Thursday, why your very own Necromaniacs podcast. You're listening to it right now, coming at you every Thursday. And, and on of Friday. Course- <laughs> yes we have none other than john draper himself with break the apocalypse for your comedic slash social commentary needs um and then on saturday you get to read a book you know maybe watch some more movies uh see your significant other uh but on sunday we have the soul Knox podcast right michael that's right with my good friend carl Hikara bringing everything occult and esoteric to you. And um, sometimes I'm on that show too, so. <laughs> That's right. And and I'm going to give a little pluggity plug uh, that I will be appearing on an upcoming episode of Horror Wolf 666. So, As will uh, I. You know, ah, keep, keep the ears and eyes peeled for that. So that should be fun. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to, talk to him. It should be, should be good. Cool, cool. So before we launch into uh, our top six of 2022, you guys see anything cool over the last uh, couple of weeks? Um, well, I, I saw one thing that's probably going to tie into what uh, I'm going to talk about later. I, on, on top of my six favorite of the year and my three TV shows, I have a list of things that I deemed overrated. Oh, <laughs> and Ooh, thing, Things I, like I didn't like. <laughs> um, mm. Oh, so, I've got a few uh, of those. Yeah, so uh, I'll uh, and I just saw one of them, but I'll save it for when we get to that. Okay, well, yeah, overrated category. I, I, I'm down a little that. bit, yeah. yeah. Well, in the spirit of that, I I tried to watch uh, Mike Flanagan's latest, uh, Midnight. Uh, what was what is it called? The Midnight Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna. I'm going to park that in the Wednesday category where I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get into it, but I, I barely made it through the entire first episode of that. Um, I love his output 
I mean, we, I mean, I don't know how much more praises we could give the guy, but I, I can see why this one was not renewed on Netflix. Oh, it's not coming back. No, it's not. No, oh. he's not I, coming I, back to Netflix. He's left for Amazon, I believe. Yes, but I doesn't he have that 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 one in the can though, uh, House of Usher, which is going to be on oh. Netflix, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they can't all be winners, I guess, right? But apparently, some people love the show, uh, but it didn't it didn't do what I think they you know what they wanted it to do, and it was not renewed. Like many things lately, was not renewed. It had a very like YA kind of vibe to it. I thought. Well, I only saw about two episodes. Uh, so, and, yeah, I, and no. I agree with you. I agree with you about Wednesday as well. It's funny. Uh, I was listening to your episode on Christmas Blood Christmas today, um, and uh, I came home last night, and my girlfriend was watching Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I sat and watched two episodes with her. And uh, I think Mike Scandato, you were too kind to it. Uh, it was unbearable. <laughs> too kind see that's the thing like i don't i don't know man sometimes i feel like a a complete alien i'm like am i watching what other people are watching it's like i don't know but at least i know that we are we we have similarities here on our little clique you know so i guess i'm not that much of an alien yeah and it it really fits with what tim burton's been doing the last 20 years which is just putting out bad stuff (laughs) um (laughs) I was once a fan when I was young, but uh, I'm no longer in the Tim Burton camp. Mm. So sad to say. I mean, I, yeah. I, I I love me his you know late eight mid to late eighties output, nineties output, up to maybe even you know Sleepy Hollow is great. Uh, from you know what's the uh, what's the other one from around that era with uh, God the musical uh, Sweeney Todd isn't that Tim Burton? Oh, I didn't oh, yeah. I don't even think I saw that. That is good. So maybe like that's like his last big hurrah for me. So I, mm. I did enjoy that. I think it was Ed Wood for me, but mm. it may have been one or one or two after that. I was thought were pretty good. Oh no, Big Fish. Big Fish was quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I saw some cool stuff. I caught uh, Incantation on Netflix. That I thought was really good. Uh, Resurrection on Shutter, which is uh, features Tim Roth and Ed Psych. What I liked about that, it, it almost is like a 70s psychological uh, horror slash thriller, mm. kind of in the, the Don't Look Now, like Nicholas Roig kind oh, of vibe. I want to see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Highly, highly recommended, man. Really well acted. Um, Interesting. Like, it's more psychological, you know what I mean? And then, um, mm. not not a horror movie, but I saw this in the movie theater at the Angelica on Saturday, uh, The Whale. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Darren, with Brendan Fraser. With Brendan yeah. Fraser, yep. Uh, about oh, he plays a fat guy basically yeah <laughs> is it good um all right it there are things i liked about it but it was uh pretty heavy-handed i thought mm. you know and i know like there is like uh you know the people that probably were at the angelica were probably you know were probably crying and thinking of how emotional it was and you know how how sympathetic the character was and all these things but to me i don't know it just didn't seem very subtle you know and there was like broad strokes very much playing on your emotions and uh i gotta be honest with you i didn't really like it that much hmm. so when you say it's about a big large man what what else is there like what is it about <laughs> um it's about uh like all right it, it's about this this guy he's he's gay 
right? Mm -hmm. He has a daughter, okay? And his partner dies because of some religious guilt that gets bestowed on him because they're involved in some weird church, okay? Mm -hmm. So the guy basically starves himself to death. And of course, you know, Brendan Fraser's character, guess what? He gets really fat. Uh -huh. So that's right there. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. If you ask me, <laughs> this is like, this is so like basic bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, so oh, the partners, wow. the partner died by starving himself to death, and the Brandon Fraser's character's response to that is to gain, is gain to weight, to get really, really obese. Okay. He, of course, he abandons his wife, his kid. You know, there's he's estranged from his kid, his daughter. Mm -hmm. Actually, his daughter is the actress who played Max in um. In Stranger Things, that redheaded girl. Okay, okay. Hmm. Really, I mean, the acting was great. It was technically a good film. Uh, it was, to me, it seemed like a play almost because it all takes place in his apartment. And there's some stuff in there that's like, I thought was funny, on un maybe unintentionally, like with the, the food enabling and stuff like that. And his just mm. like glut gluttony. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was, it just has, he's, um, like an English professor, his daughter is such a great writer, but she's an outcast and everyone hates her, but she's actually kind of horrible as a person. <laughs> and it's just like very heavy handed, like it has to do with like Moby Dick, of course, right? The whale. Get the whale. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's get it. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. You know, not very subtle, man. You know, and I just like, I don't know, like when I either, I don't know, it's just there was no, Art, art, artistic nature to it. I thought. I thought it was just. I got being hit with a hammer. You know, very, mm. very blunt. Okay. But you know, go see it. You know, it was. Uh, I would like to see it. Yeah, yeah. Darren Aronofsky's one of the greats. I think. Uh, it's weird. Like he normally doesn't go for the obvious and heavy-handed. And even when he does sort of dip into that water, it's usually like a cut above the rest, like a movie like The Wrestler. Uh, and someone else's hands could have been completely cheesy, but uh, he he made it uh, made a very great movie with that. And uh, it doesn't sound like he repeated that with, the, with this. Nah, it was very uh, yeah. I mean, there's there was some definite things in there that were very. There's like a dark some darkness in there, which I thought was cool about enabling people. And but that was almost like a secondary or tertiary plot line. Was he had someone who took took care of him? This like mm. nurse, you know, she worked at a hospital. But she was also feeding him this disgusting food, like this two pizzas and like, you know, fucking wow. meatball, double meatball subs and like just all this stuff. And it's like, so she was taking care of him, but also killing him too. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the, kind of the, uh, you know, he, she's checking his vitals and she's like, well, you're, you're going to die if you don't go to the hospital. It's like, I'm not going to the hospital, you know? And it's like, so fucking obvious, man. It's like I'm killing yeah. myself. I, you know, I, whatever. And then there's like this, you know, some of the anti-religion stuff was cool, but like by by and large, I didn't really enjoy it. You know, I didn't cry. Okay. Like there's people fucking crying, and like, you know, like <laughs> the person I was with was in tears, and I was like, I mean, you That's, know, man. yeah, and I was just like, this is not that sad, really. You know. Mm. Yeah. One fact about uh, Aronofsky, he, he's, I'm from, you know, Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, South Brooklyn, and he's from the neighborhood right next to Sheepshead Bay, Manhattan Beach, which is across this bridge, this footbridge where Manhattan Beach is. And uh, he's one of the only famous people I've ever heard of that's from Manhattan Beach. So 
kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I like his other films, you know, but just this one did not, you know, I, I went in, I went in wanting to like it too, because I like Aronofsky's movies, but about maybe 20 minutes into the film, I was like, man, I don't know. This is kind of like, mm. didn't really enjoy it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll still see it. No, no, definitely go see it. You might, you might come, come away with something completely different than me. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. 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 All right. All right. So let's let's start this roundtable here, man. Who wants to go first? Jeff, you want to go first? Sure. You want to start with TV or you want to do the movies? Let's do the movies. I think we just got some mentions for the TV stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So All let's right. do the movies first. Number six, Jeff. <laughs> number six. Okay. It's a movie you guys just covered today. My number six is Christmas Bloody Christmas by Joe oh, Begos. Look at that. Made the top six. How about it- that? It did. I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, it sounds like you guys also had a lot of fun with it. Um, you pretty much nailed it, everything uh, on the podcast. Joe is a, a music enthusiast. He really likes metal uh, and made these characters, you know, real, relatable people, not like the cartoonish version of like metalheads you see in most movies, you know, where they have like, you know, a nose ring or some like real outdated sort of like fucking... Um, you know, look, and, or they have just like random patches on their jacket, you know, like, this or they're is just like clownish people, or they're just, cl- or they're just like, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I really like that. I appreciated that it was a, a slow burn that just sort of developed into like a, a really gruesome slasher. It was also, I thought, very funny. Um, I mean, anytime you use a dead eight year old as a human shield, uh, that's just funny <laughs> to me. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's all the things it, it should have been to, that, that a good, fun horror movie should be. Uh, I think Joe Pegos is really coming into his own as a filmmaker. You can see the progression from film to film, and he seems to really hit his visual stride in Bliss, and he's really kind of taken that neon silk madness and, and really kind of made it his, his own signature. And uh, to bring it to a Christmas movie, you know, now this is going to be something I watch, you know, once every Christmas, I'd imagine. Um, a lot of fun. Well, well, I was mentioning in our episode, too, how, how there hasn't been a solid Christmas horror film. And it seems like years. Pro- yeah. probably a while, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah this, well, there this... was, yeah. A Black Christmas remake, but. Uh, uh, that, that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I still want to see it. I have not I, seen it. <laughs> I, I want to see it too. I haven't seen the other remake either. I saw the other one from earlier in the O's, which is not that bad compared to apparently the abomination that is the one that came after. It, so I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, uh, if, if you want to hear more about it, I yeah, encourage people listening to listen to listen to the Christmas Bloody Christmas episode because uh, I think you guys nailed it. You guys, thank you, totally got it. So. Uh, yeah, great, great, great fun, man. Really like well, it. One one of the things I didn't mention about it in our episode because I was thinking about it more in the in the days after we did it was that I'm not going to say that he is in any way like Quentin Tarantino, but the way that Bigos pays attention to dialogue is similar to the way Tarantino treats his dialogue. You know what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say? Oh, like, absolutely. 
Yeah, like Tarantino, it's realistic enough where it's relatable, but it's completely unrealistic in a lot of ways. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of like how I feel about Bagos and his um and his treatment of dialogue. And I and I'm I, I love dialogue in movies. That's like that's like one of my favorite things is the dialogue parts. You know, well, people say that uh, Tarantino's dialogue, like real people, don't talk like that. I've always right. heard. that's the one thing I've always heard, but. It's Tarantino's movie, and he can do what he wants, and that's his signature. Is that that's how people talk in the Tarantino verse? So, yeah, that's his thing, right? That's what, one what, thing what, I, that that people criticize about uh, Joe's recent movie, maybe some of his earlier ones, is that that people seem to be uh, upset by the dialogue in, in this movie. But uh, I I enjoyed it. It's, it's what, real and relatable. What, what were some of the things people were saying about the dialogue? Well, just you know. Um, you know, fuck every other word, and these people are insufferable. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of swearing, a lot of swearing, and yeah. it's like that's upsetting you in an indie horror movie. Okay, yeah, got it. yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it either. Um, <laughs> these guys have never been in a tour van, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't know many musicians or people, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Exactly. All right. Who wants to go next? Uh, I will take it away. And it might surprise the two of you. Uh, Jordan Peele's Nope is my number six oh, film of 2022. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, get Out. I liked Get Out. So I'll get out in the theater. Um, I enjoyed it, despite heavy handedness here and there, uh, obviously. Uh, I liked Us. I did not like Us as much as I liked Get Out, though. Mm. But this one, Nope might be my favorite of the three, actually. Hmm. I feel like as a filmmaker, he really upped the ante and really kind of, I think, improved his game as a filmmaker in this movie and as a storyteller. I got like the Hitchcock vibes, but I also got like the Spielberg vibes. And I just, there's just something about it. Like the layers, there's a lot of layers to the movie. And the whole thing with the monkey, the monkey thing to me, actually, I think made the movie. I don't, I, I was just so taken by that little side story uh, and the scenes with the monkey and the, you know, the violence. And I found that to be quite horrific, you know? Um, I thought the, the the creature was also rather horrific, despite a little, little clunky looking at the very end. I don't know. Mm. The look of it went from having this very, very kind of, cool alien-esque look to this modern art project look at the end whatever um i still found it intriguing and i found it scary and interesting but yeah as it stands this is my favorite film of his three films interesting well you know mike hill and i covered that one a couple months back um Mm -hmm. didn't quite stick the landing for me completely I, i i agree with a lot of what you're saying i love that it's sort of the nod to filmmaking of the past while not being a total nostalgia trip and it very much being its own thing. And you mentioned mm-hmm. it had a lot of layers, but for me, those layers didn't form a completely cohesive narrative. Like I wanted it to snap at the end and, be, and something to just pull it all together. And it just didn't, didn't quite do it for me, but uh, certainly not a bad movie by any no, I just I was really into it. I was I was not bored. I was not looking at my phone. I was not I was very engaged by it. And I and I was very surprised because I I'd read things about it. I didn't read a lot about it. I, I didn't know 
the the outcome. I didn't know too much about the, the creature. Um, but I just, it was just a movie that I really enjoyed watching. And I, I like the characters. I like the main characters. And I, my, my favorite character was the very bizarre, mysterious uh, cameraman guy. Uh, I wanted yeah. more of the, of the deep voiced uh, cameraman. Uh, so Mike, yeah. the great Michael Wilcott. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Fucking amazing. So, you know, I feel like there's a story there somewhere, you know? Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, it's definitely my favorite of his three films thus far. That's my number six. All right. My kill. Take it away. My number six is uh, Satan Sleeves 2, the uh, Jocko Anwar uh, film, uh, the second installment of his uh, of his you know little series that he has there. Have, are you guys, have any of you guys seen that one? No. no. And I know I, I want I've wanted to see the first part because you've sung its praises. And you you talked about it quite a bit one time on an episode you and I did about another movie. So I've always it's always stuck in my head actually. Yeah, it's uh there, there's a bunch of like you know uh, Asian films that have come out. You know, Jacko Anwar is obviously one of, you know one of the one of the luminaries out of that whole scene. I think he's from Indonesia, and um, yeah, dude, it's it's just you know I would say it's uh, the first and the second one falls into that folk horror you know it's like mm -hmm. that kind of thing like ancient gods and that sort of thing and and it's um yeah it's it's, it's awesome that anyone out there it's on shutter right now so you can see it very easily is part one on shutter i think show? so i think so i have to double check but i think yeah watch them both watch them both at the you know that's an evening of uh you know of subtitled excellent films what's the are they like ultra violent or are they moderately violent i would say it's more atmospheric than violent but there, there is some, there's some set pieces in there for sure. Oh, very good. Um, Mike Hill, you're always good for a curveball, man. You always throw something out there that I never even heard of. You never heard of that? So, I thought, no, I, thought I mean, I spoke about it actually. I think I mentioned. Maybe it. we did. Maybe I just forgot. Like, uh, like you know, uh, I, I don't know. But uh, if we did talk about it, I don't remember it. But I certainly haven't seen it. But uh, I'm gonna check that one out. Actually, that one and uh, another film that I, me I mentioned, Incantation, on uh, Netflix. Yes. Which that I, I kind of dig that, like, Asian, folky, you know, it's like when you think of folk horror, you think of, like, Britain. You think of, like, right. you know, or, Adam, or Adam, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, like Adam Neville, you know, and you think of the Wicker Man and, like, stuff like that. And it's like... Honkies. Honkies. Yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> there's, there's a pretty rich, uh, you know scene in films like group of films from, from asia that actually draw pretty heavily on that concept even though they're not culturally related to that at all you know right mm. uh full confession mike when you said you saw incantation i thought you were talking about the band <laughs> i was gonna make a john mcatee joke until mike was sort of, you know he just kept going i was like okay well, he, you know but I actually I don't miss any of their shows, so they did not play. Are, are you guys aware of that movie? On, it's on Netflix, actually. There's a pretty good crop of horror on Netflix right now. Yeah, I haven't uh, checked Netflix in, in a bit. Not for horror, no. Just like just the shows, you know. To me, they've been they've been killing it with the with their their horror themed you know series and shows, but not for the actual movies. But now I will search out the movies. Yeah, they got a couple couple of things. I was on a little bit of a tear on Netflix. I mean, mostly shows, but also uh, Incantation is a newer film that got added to that. And that, that's if, watch that, and then Satan Slaves 1 and 2, and you got a full night right there. 
There you go. All right. We uh, moving on to number five? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, Here's another one that uh, you guys covered and an episode I enjoyed a lot from you. Uh, My number five is Men, directed by Alex Gardner. Hmm. Um, Pretty divisive movie, uh, to say the least. Uh, To be more accurate, I would say most people did not like this. And really? uh, yeah, I, just from you know looking at reviews and talking to people uh, about it, I, I, I just don't think many people enjoyed it. And uh, it was refreshing to listen to you guys talk about it, and and you both seem to really enjoy it. Um, well, I, I'm I I'm going to agree with you partially. I've seen some of the dislike for it, not mm. a lot. I've seen some because it has made a lot of best ofs. Uh, it, oh, it has, best. And and if you if you do like a random if you do a random Google search best horror of 2022, it's there. So oh, okay. It's 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 in the it's in that little line of films like you know, um, yeah. I've heard mixed things from from people, but I mean I liked it. Mike liked it. My brother loved it. Uh, my the guys, uh, uh, you know, uh, my brother's podcast, you know, Shaheen also loved it. So, um. But yeah, I think some people just didn't know what to make of it ultimately. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to appear elsewhere on the show. Mm, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, it, I, I, we'll find out where it shows up online, but it's it's definitely mentioned here. Great. Okay. Well, we can talk about it then too. Cool. Yeah. cool. All right. Um, okay. I may not have uh, curveballs, okay? But I have surprises because my number five film is Smile by Parker Finn. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Okay. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was surprised by how much the two of you disliked it. Um, The opening scene, which is a scene that apparently everybody loved to me, is one of the most horrific things I've seen in a horror movie in a very long time. And I actually felt that the smile is fucked up looking and is scary and disturbing and, and works. Um, although some people might have been a little taken aback by some of the smile and saying that's not scary. Well, it's scary to me. Uh, I couldn't get that motherfucking smile out of my fucking face the night after I saw the film. I was just so shook by it and so shook by that opening scene. I, I had trouble sleeping that night. So if that isn't the mark of a good horror movie, I don't know what is. That aside, uh, I think Susie Bacon was great. I think she was believable. Um, I felt like her her agony was like projecting through the movie. Like I felt it was like legit, you know? I felt bad for her, I cared about her. Um, was some of the other actors, actresses in the film top notch? Maybe not. However, the main her, you know, the main character, the star of the film, I thought was great. Um, I think the story itself has legs. I think we could have a wonderful sequel here. I think we could potentially have a franchise here. And I don't know. I just thought this was a great horror film. Okay, yeah, teach their own. Um, <laughs> seems like some of the re- like I, I found uh, it, it seemed to exist to set up a franchise that's what it really felt like mm-hmm. to me um that's not necessarily a bad thing you mentioned the opening scene and i thought the opening scene was effective but i, I just the movie hit every 
standard beat of a horror movie and didn't really add a lot new or interesting to it for me. It wasn't a terrible film. I just, uh, I, I didn't care for it. And uh, I, Mike, I, I know you agreed with me. Yeah, I liked the opening scene. Like that. Yeah, that, it was good. It's what set about it the up. ending, guys? You mean to tell yeah. me that the <laughs> downbeat, depressing ending wasn't great? Like, I didn't think that was going to happen at the end of the movie. I won't say no, that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen, actually. I actually thought uh, it was going to wrap up a little more nicely for her character yeah um I, yeah I, I i'm glad it went with a darker ending but it was too little too late for me hmm. okay well that's why hey man we're <laughs> we can't all be on the same page at every beat of every film and you know what, what fun would that be exactly what fun would that be you know um so yeah I've, that that's my surprise surprise that i think smile was was great Okay, cool. I kill. My number five is What Josiah Saw, directed by Vincent Grashaw and featuring the uh, the one and only Nick Stahl and uh, Robert Patrick. And uh, I I loved Southern Gothic stuff, man. And it's um, it just had that brooding vibe. Uh, You know, we we did an episode on it, and um, yeah, enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It just, it just, for me, it really worked. It was slow. It was shot really well. I had no idea what the hell the ending was going to be about. It's rewatchable. I've watched it, I think, three times already at this point. Like, it's one of these films that I show to people who want to check out new movies, you know? And I was just like, oh, check this out. It's like, it's unique. It's not something you're going to see. Like, you're, it, it's a very original sort of thing. And it, like, once again, like I said, I like that Southern Gothic, like, down and out vibe that it had, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you get uh, reflecting skin vibes at all from this movie? Because when I watched it, I was thinking a lot about that. A little bit. Um, re- reflect, yeah, maybe the, the slowness of it reminded me. Yeah, of that's the, yeah, like, kind of the tone skin. of it, yeah. Yeah, the tone, you know. But It also uh, had uh, it had true detective vibes. Yeah, right, absolutely. Sure. Yep, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, it's a top 10. It's a top 10 movie for me of the year, 100%. Did make the top six. It almost did, actually. It almost yeah. did. Yeah, uh, I, but it's right it, there. Yeah, it's definitely like I said. It's something that I'm like, oh, you want to check something out that you probably wouldn't even think to watch ever. Is this movie called What Josiah Saw? Which is like, yeah, you know, the title is like a little off-putting. I think sometimes, like, it's not something that grabs you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not flashy. Like, it just doesn't sell you on the movie so much. But you know, it, I can't speak highly enough about this movie. I need to watch it again. I actually uh, had COVID, but didn't know I had it when when I first watched it. And uh, I was really out of it, which may have led to like my enjoyment, the overall experience of watching it. But I found myself sort of like like my brain going elsewhere uh, in certain sections of the movie. Not to say that it wasn't good, but I just uh, I need to give it uh, a second watch where I'm a little bit more attentive and uh you know, not dealing with COVID. Also, the other thing I talk about is just that it's kind of broken up into these like vignettes, you know, it's mm. like, I, I think that's probably why I like it. It reminds me of reading like a chapter, like chapters in like, uh, like a Harry Cruz book or something like that, you know? Mm. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I could see a book. I could see the book. Like I could, you know, I could visualize it and absolutely like, you know, I could see it being like a novel. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like, like a Tom Piccarelli novel or something like that. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you nailed it when you said Southern Gothic, and that's definitely definitely in that that genre for sure. Um, moving on. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, uh, my number four um should come as a surprise no surprise to anyone who's known me uh my uh my number four is crimes of the future by david cronenberg mm. um <laughs> uh mike scandato we talked a little bit before uh through text yeah. today you did not like this one no no i did not like it at all actually um <laughs> but before i talk about what i didn't really like i want to hear what you liked well i mean it's good to see David Cronenberg back in the director's chair after a long absence. I think it's his first film in seven years. Um, and his three before this were a little lackluster. And I think the gloves came off for this one. And, you know, Cronenberg is always a little bit, like, for me, his films are more about ideas than they're more idea driven than, than, than plot driven. And I just really enjoyed this movie scene. It was like the evolution of art, how people relate to it, how it changes, how it changes us. Uh, classic Cronenberg themes. And I mean, just on a basic level, I thought it was very enjoyably fucking weird. And I appreciated that. It doesn't exist. It seems to exist in its own universe, like an alternate universe. Like it, it, it's people, they're speaking English, but it almost feels like a different language. Uh, the, just the strange tone of it really, really appealed to me. And also, I think, is what turned a lot of people off to it. I think I struggled with its plotlessness. And I think I, I struggled with, I don't know, like, I, I felt like I wasn't really sure what he was trying to say, you know, mm. um, and do with this film. Yes, it, it had some of the traits of, of some of his classic films. And yes, it was great to see him directing again. But I don't know. I maybe I was getting used to the the more linear films of his from like the ten years prior. Yeah, like uh, yeah, Eastern Promises. Uh, and yes, that. yes, yes. And not that I look. I appreciate the wacky zany Cronenberg because that's kind of <laughs> what put him on the map. And I fucking love. Like I've even said before on the show, he may have the greatest straight run of bangers right there with Carpenter, possibly best in Carpenter by about one or two more in a row that were like fucking killer. Yeah. Um, but this one, I found myself extremely distracted watching it. It took me three times to complete the film, three nights. Mm. Um, I was not engaged. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say it, it, it's probably going to warrant a second watch for me, but I felt like I was really struggling with it. And that sometimes makes me very tuned out and, and even like not even appreciating, oh my God, it's a director that I love, you know, like that was even kind of removed from me this time. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. So you're saying surgery is not the new sex. <laughs> no, I, I guess not. I guess not. I don't know. Uh, there was some some very attractive women in the film and, you know, that was nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and I, I got that. I got the whole, that is kind of the new sex kind of part. Like I got that. Okay. But I don't know. This wasn't, this wasn't one of his, his like bangers for me. I don't know. Hmm. hmm. 
Mike Hill and uh, I, I, I dug it. I dug it. It was almost on my top six, so it shows up in here somewhere. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I really, really enjoyed it, and uh, I like the oddness of it. I like the weird, uncomfortable vibe. I like the, um, you know, the chair. <laughs> you know that <laughs> yeah. that Ge- Geiger esque like flesh chair that he yeah had the flesh chair in. the flesh chair yeah you know and uh, yeah <laughs> I'm gonna watch I, it I, again I, yeah I don't. Didn't, also, didn't, good didn't performance. Yeah. Good performance from Kristen Stewart, who I think gets an unnecessary amount of shit about her acting. She's very good in this. Yeah, she I, was, like, I, I think like she's her. good. Yeah, I like her. She does get a lot of shit. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's good to see Cronenberg back in 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 form. Uh, it was a script that he wrote a long time ago too. Uh, it was called Painkillers. He was uh, set to make it in the nineties with with Nicolas Cage. Um, and I was always really kind of bummed that he didn't make it. So I'm glad he kind of dusted it off and probably modernized it or whatever, uh, did a revision on it and and finally got to see it. It's, it's, did I read somewhere that he has another movie coming out, Cronenberg? His son, His son does. Cronenberg. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I thought uh, the, the trailer for it yeah. came out. Yeah, it yeah. looks cool. It, it looks, looks like awesome. another weird film. Yeah, yeah. dude, his, his last... Uh, film was awesome. Yeah, we we all three of us had called it the movie of the 2020. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, that is correct. That was two years ago. Jesus. Wow. I know. Crazy, huh? Um. All right. It's time uh, for my number four as we're we're moving right along here. Uh and it is none other than Alex Garland's Men. Um. Hey. I really like this movie. Uh. I I thought that ending was fucking amazing. Um, I mean, look, I enjoyed the whole film, but to me that, that, that just like over the top effects, just like what in God's name am I watching ending made to me for one of the, one of the better movies of the year. Uh, I liked the, the, the creepy folk aspect that then kind of just took this, this other turn right at the, at the end. Um, but still I kept all the, you know, the folk, uh, stuff intact at the same time looking forward to more from from alex garland for sure mm. um yeah i mean i know this is a movie we all all of us enjoyed yeah um one criticism i seem to see a lot and i was curious what you got did you find it heavy-handed at all or mansplainy or anything like I, those are some criticisms i saw lobbed at it and uh no, I, I, I said it on the episode. I, I I felt that this was not a movie that was like men are all scumbags, men are the evil of the world. I didn't. I mean, the the men she encountered were not good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I didn't think it was a movie made to bash men or anything like that. That some stupid people thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, if you're gonna when you bring politics in, in the film uh and it's really heavy-handed and preachy it's it's a big pet peeve of mine and this is was, to me this was this is how you do it hmm. i thought oh, for yeah. sure i thought for sure when i saw the trailer and the title i thought it was gonna be way more preachy right yeah. but I, I i thought it was it was good man i i know probably i thought it was uh it was very very well done and that that message was put forth in a very uh tasteful way i thought yeah uh and uh it's funny this is alex Gar- uh, garner's third film it's my least favorite of his of the three and i still uh, like loved it hmm. yeah i mean yeah i i don't know i think sometimes people look 
for controversy that isn't there, uh, as we mm-hmm. all know. So, and I don't think the controversy was there. But like Mike said, uh, I also thought when you first see that, that trailer that didn't show much and the name of the movie, you're kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. But the <laughs> movie was not that. The movie was no. not that. No, no, and I think people, uh, some people had their minds made up before they even saw it, mm, too. Yes, I, I think that played a lot into people's thoughts in the film. Yeah. All right, so, so I'm up, right? My number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my number four is Pearl by Ty West. Mm, okay. Yeah, I thought it was the uh, Gone with the Wind of uh, horror films. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I dug it, man. I fucking love it. You know, I thought it was cool. I liked the way it looked great. It's, uh, I'm really interested in that universe, you know, with Pearl and how it played into X and then the next thing that's coming out too. It's, and I like how it's a period piece. Yeah. Um, it didn't try to recreate the the feel of the X. I like that way. It takes place in the 29, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah early 30s. And it all it feels like a movie that could have existed in that time. Like it like it's very, very clever and very much its own thing. You, um I'm curious to see the third film in the in this trilogy and how they all fit together. Which uh, is but, uh in the 80s, I believe takes place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But and, so and far like, so good. You know, Ty West like I like his other films, but I really like these the latest stuff that he's done. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think this is like he's really hitting his stride right now. Yeah, well, he took a break and now he's on fire. Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe the break worked. Like he took yeah. a couple, you know, he took a good little break. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like literally almost all of his shit. So no, nah, totally. I enjoyed Pearl. Pearl did not make my top six, but it will appear later. So for me. <laughs> me as well yes okay um what are we on three yeah number okay. three okay um this movie uh was released in 2021 but it was released in the, the united states this year mm-hmm. so it counts yes my number three is a movie mike hill turned me on to um it is the movie bull oh dude wow is that true? It was released in the this it was released in the states this year. I, I should call. I should yellow flag you for this, man, because that's like it's almost <laughs> like it's almost like cheating. But oh man, because I would, I kind of would have had that if that one counted. Actually, Bull is huh. fucking killer. Wait, dude. the movie it's called Bull B U L S. It's called oh, yeah. Bull. Because um, I remember like Old Boy came out in Korea in like two thousand four or something like that, but it was on every best of the year for two thousand five. So that's uh, that's how I uh, justify my my choice here. Um, I didn't Fair know enough. this movie even. I didn't even know this movie uh, existed. Mike and I, I, we have a lost episode. Yeah, well, we should. We gotta re-record that one. <laughs> we should. We should. That's right. um, it's when my computer crashed and I lost all this fucking data and it wasn't backed up. Uh, it's long story, but you know who turned me onto it? You can probably guess. Our uh, quality control manager, uh, Rennie. Uh, Rennie Rizmani. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Quality control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great call, man. Uh, when you when you told me, like, man, you got to watch this. We got to do an episode on it. And uh, uh, Mike, uh, I'll quote you. You said it's a spiritual sequel to Kill List. Uh, okay. Has the same different director, uh, same star, 
uh, you know, where he played again, kind of plays like a British heavy, you know, he's a tough guy uh, out for revenge. It's a very simple story with a unique twist that you don't quite see coming. Uh, I thought um, the less you know about this movie, the better. All okay. I'm saying is it is worth seeking out and it is fantastic. Mike Hill, I know you agree with me. Oh, dude, it's it's so such a good a good fucking movie, man. And uh, and I'm always a sucker for those like slow moving, broody, atmospheric like crime films. There's yeah. that I, I think I mentioned it in our last episode, Mike. Uh, there's a film called The Stranger. It's an Australian film. Yes, that's like the same kind of thing. It's just like dark and like sort of brooding and slow. And that's kind of what Bull has that same atmosphere to it. And it's definitely a horror film. So okay. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A horror film. And yeah, it's funny. It almost did have like an Australian like vibe to it. We're just like the, the movies they make in Australia, they just get under your skin. They're super violent and disturbing. And this, this definitely falls into that category. Funny thing is like the actor that they choose in both Kill List and Bull, Neil, yeah. Neil, Neil Maskell Neil, is like, yeah. he's like totally like a, uh, like you would never pick him out of a crowd to play like a tough guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like he looks like Barney from Napalm Death, sort of, you know? But like <laughs> he does. Yeah. But but, but he's like modern he's like Barney a, or old Barney? Mo- modern Barney. Oh, okay. Like short, short, short hair, short Barney. hair yeah. Barney. Yeah. And it's like, but he he just looks like so hard in like all of his movies, man. Like this really just like hard dude, you know. He just has that kind of face. There's like a sadness to him. And, and 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 a menace to him that uh, you know he's just one of those actors that the the, the camera loves as they say you know but yeah you're right he doesn't first glance you wouldn't probably he's a guy you wouldn't think twice about but you put him on screen and he's fucking terrifying yeah yeah good good one nice one definitely all good right one. yeah uh, I'm ready with number three and it is none other than Damien Leone's Terrifier two I knew this three. would show up. Yeah, oh yeah definitely, man. Of course, of course. Um, the the sleeper hit, so to speak, of of twenty twenty two. Let's be honest. Uh, I don't know. It made back eight, nine times its budget, or whatever. How much money it, it made back? Um, you know. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of blood, a lot of gore, a lot of over the top shit. Um, got had the pleasure, of course, seeing this in the theater, as I talked about on the episode. Um, yeah, a, a movie I believe to be a historic horror film that hopefully, uh, you know, brings forth some more kind of over the top fun horror along the way. Uh, I don't know what more I could say about Terrifier 2, but uh, great movie. Yeah, I, I think we're witnessing the beginning of the ne- of a new horror icon and, uh, you know, someone who will sit in my life with like Freddy Krueger and Jason. You'll be seeing like Halloween costumes uh, of uh, of the clown from this movie in the next few years, I'd imagine. Um, this kind of movie really isn't my thing. I find it un- unnecessarily cruel and, and, and <laughs> almost in poor taste. But, uh, you know, it's good. It's it's always good when, when a no-budget movie really lands and makes a ton of money. And uh, I think that's always a win for the good for the good guys. I'm quite fond of this one, as you guys will see. And uh, you know, frankly, 
slashers are not my thing either, but this one really is something I like. I like this movie a lot because there's a uh, a logic to it, you know, like there's, and it's not all revealed yet, I feel like. Like there's um an overarching storyline that's going on. Unlike Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, mm. like, you know, because it's the creation of one guy and his vision, there's going to be a continuity with this character that's slowly being revealed. Like, I don't really know exactly what, you know, Art the Clown is, but I know that in future future movies, his origins could become a lot more clear. Continuity is a bigger thing in modern filmmaking, whereas in the 80s, it wasn't a thing at all. Like, no, no, watch, no. Yeah, no, if you watch really. any of the big franchise, the horror movies, it's just all over the place. Um, maybe a little bit for Halloween. It was yeah, a little obviously, but... In a way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> after part four, Four of Friday the Thirteenth, there was no continuity. After Part Four, uh, mm. you know, after the final chapter, it was all kind of out the window. Kinda, um, yeah, and, and more so with uh, the Freddy movie, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are really, I mean, movie to movie, sort of you know, all over the place. Totally, totally. But yeah, man, that is my number three. I have a feeling it's a lot of people out there's number one. Probably. Mike Hill, what's your number three? No, I don't give a fuck. My number three is Something in the Dirt by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anyone says. I love this movie. It's uh, not everyone's cup of tea out there. Uh, some people haven't even heard of these guys yet. But I just like, I like watching them act, too. In this movie, you can tell that they were playing in the bigger field, in the big leagues, because... This is like a huge step forward in their process as filmmakers. You know, they, they just came off with doing some big budget stuff. And uh, they can make like a crystal ashtray look menacing and, and disturbing, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, similar to like uh, the, the Lovecraft story, uh, Dreams in the Witch House, I think, in some mm-hmm. ways. Because it takes place in this room. There's like mathematical stuff involved. And there's an truly unexplained cosmic presence in the movie and the movie is just mainly about their projections of what this thing is and their life experiences and how that is molding their conceptualization of what's actually happening but at the end of the movie you still have no idea what the hell's going on yeah and it definitely speaks to your love of dialogue heavy movies this movie is just basically two people in a room talking is that the cast Um, two people yeah, and it is the director. Basically, yeah. There, there's As, other people, there's other like peripheral people involved, but it really the the whole, the bulk of the story is the two of those guys talking to each other. And it's fucking awesome, I think. It's very interesting. I'll save my thoughts for when we do the episodes. You know, we're going to yeah. do one. Um, yeah. I will say, uh, they, the Benson and Moorhead, the directors who also acted in this, uh, they were also the leads of The Endless, uh, another film they directed. Their acting got a lot of criticism, and uh, I think they really stepped it up in, in, in this one as far as their acting abilities go. Uh, there wasn't a false note between their performances. I thought they did a fantastic job in the movie. And it also ties into The Endless and Resolution as well. And there's yeah. other there's things. I did some research on a lot of stuff in that movie, and I watched the movie almost frame by frame this last, you know, like a couple of days ago. Awesome. And there's a lot of stuff that connects to those other films. 
Mm, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that one. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's an expansion of that universe that they're creating. Much like I'm, I have never seen a Bagos movie before Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Guess what I'm about to say? Uh, I think I know. I've never seen any of these films. Uh, well, three of them three of them are on Shutter right now. Spring. So I, I have yeah. a long break from work, and I'm going to remedy this because I have a feeling I will enjoy these films. Um, hey, man, there's only so many hours in a day. Oh, so yeah. Days in a week. True. So, but I'll get to it. I'll get to it because I'm missing out. I think you're in for uh, uh, you're in for a treat. I they this is their fifth movie, right, Mike? And something in the dirt. And, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's one. Yeah, there's their fifth film. Yeah, yeah. They they so far they're five for five for me. The only like slight misstep I would say is that awful uh, Disney Plus show they did, which wasn't even <laughs> their show. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. That was like bait and switch, though, because they only directed like two or three of the episodes, I think. Yeah, and they weren't like producers on the show or anything. I think yeah. They were just sort of hired hired guns, which, you know, but again, you know, like it's it, it was good for them to get that experience of playing in a bigger sandbox. And, you know, um, so, I, I, you know, hey, you know, maybe they'll get to get some more money for the next project. Who knows? Um Something in the Dirt was a COVID movie for sure. Uh, like when people were just trying to to make movies any way possible, um, and it never felt like like that for me. You, you, I never once thought like, oh, you know, there's only two people in this movie because uh, that's all you could do to make a movie during COVID. You know, mm. it uh, it doesn't have that feel at all. You sort of forget uh, that you know this it was made during a global pandemic. I yeah, de yeah, definitely. And that's actually one of their apartments, actually. I think it's Justin Benson's apartment that they shot it in. Oh, I kept trying to like figure out where <laughs> in LA that was. Um I mean, it looked I, I like looked like mid city, but I, I'm not sure. Hmm. No, I'll have to go, I'll have to go uh take a look <laughs> online for that. Uh okay. Moving on to number two. Hmm. My number two. Um this is almost a sentimental movie to me in a strange way. Um, it's Ty West's X. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. This was the first movie I watched when I moved to Texas. Uh, okay. When my TV that we bought at Costco was on the floor because none of our furniture had shown up yet. And my girlfriend and I, you know, sat in uh, lawn chairs <laughs> uh, <laughs> in front of the TV. Because again, our furniture hadn't shown up. Um it was the first movie uh, Mike and I did an episode of in in my new house, oh. and so when I whenever I see this movie uh, uh, again, I'm going to think of that time. You know, this 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 big change in my life and moving from Los Angeles to Austin, and it's uh, got Texas vibes. Texas vibes, exactly. Um, and on top of that, like without the sentimental bullshit, um, it's fucking great. It is pitch perfect in every way. Uh, you know, when Mike and I covered it, I think he gave it a five. Uh, this movie does not hit one false note. Again, it's very funny. It's, it's, it's very good. It's gory. It has one of my favorites, maybe my favorite scene of the year with the alligator stalking the girl Dude. In, in the mm. lake. So good. Great scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a big statement from Ty West, like fucking I'm back and yep. I'm great. <laughs> um, this, this, this is a director just like 
just firing on every creative spark he has. I loved this movie. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge slasher guy. This really brought something interesting to the slasher. It was really well written, filled with believable characters, great dialogue, um, funny at times, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I love this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I can't use that's my exact sentiments on this film. Yeah. Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah. That's really, yeah, see it. If you haven't seen it, uh, you're missing out. Yeah, and and you know, again, Mike mentioned Pearl. That's uh, you know, cool universe he's building. You know, and and them coming out so close together, it, it's also interesting. I don't know. Uh, has that been done? In a horror trilogy all coming out without within like no, a year of I've never heard of it. I've never heard of that happening. Before. Yeah, no. very cool. And uh, yeah, look forward all to right. the next one. Um. My number two is Zach Kreger's Barbarian, another ah. one of the absolute best horror movies of the year for me. And again, I think for a lot of people, uh, you guys covered it. You guys enjoyed the hell out of it as well. Sure did. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like it, it, it clicked a lot of boxes for me, you know, like I actually really enjoyed the whole almost two movies in one. That some people were like, it was great until that part, and it's like, yeah, huh? Like I don't, I don't get that at all. Like, why would it not be great anymore after that? But, um, like I, I enjoyed that, and I thought that was actually unique, you know, um, and and original. Um, I felt for the characters. Uh, it's funny. I actually thought, uh, what's his name? Uh, who played? Uh, who plays Pennywise? Uh, the actor. Hmm. Skarsgård. Uh, Skarsgård. Yeah. I mean, I I felt so bad for him because he wasn't a scumbag. He wasn't trying to <laughs> rape her or kill her. Or, like, he actually was, you know, a decent guy who didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, or at least that is, you know, at least how, how it seems. And he seemed completely unaware of the shit that was going on below him, um, which is probably what the case was. So, yeah, I mean, and Justin Long, you know, yeah wow man it's just like seeing him in that kind of role was was really interesting um i like the ending um, mm. i thought the ending was really sick um and you know mike and i have mentioned it reminds us a bit of a, of a really good brian Keane novel called uh urban gothic um not maybe a hundred percent but definitely yeah. had a few vibes. Some, some some of it had had that I absolutely that, absolutely yeah. um uh, read that book and you'll feel the same way, I bet. Um, and yeah, that is my number two. Uh, looking forward to more from Zach Greger. I, I, forgot, I forgot what podcast I was listening to, but there someone was talking about how they still think that uh, that uh, that Skarsgård was involved in the, in the was <laughs> mm, maybe, no, like, maybe. like they were like, oh, they were convinced they were still like, I still think he was like the villain, and <laughs> even though there was nothing in the plot <laughs> that shows it, you know. Right, yeah, right. that that's a that's a stretch. <laughs> uh, that's a big stretch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm up, right? You are. Okay. My number two is Terrifier Two. Okay. And, and you know, kind of cover that. Uh, like I said, you know, Damian Leone, another uh, fellow uh, tri-state area guy. He's from Long Island. And uh, I just really appreciate the guy's hustle too, man. Like the dude 
it's like his vision, his work ethic, all that stuff really is I'm looking forward to like the next installment. And okay. and there was a huge, huge step up between the first one, which I liked, you know, but like I would never have in a million years dreamed that the second one was, was going to be as developed. You know what I mean? The character is going to have some development and the, the background and the mythos and the, the whole like heroic fantasy angle. Like not, I was shocked that, that that was part of the story and it all worked. Definitely. Not much sure. more to be said about Terrifier 2. <laughs> yeah. So does that bring us to number one? Number one. Yes, it does. All right. All right. This is one uh, I caught a little bit later. Uh, I saw it. I could not get it out of my head. Uh, I watched it in the morning and spent the entire day at work thinking about it. It's on Shudder right now. It's called Speak No Evil. Hmm. Wow. Um, it is a Danish film. I didn't have any expectations. I was just looking for something to watch because I wake up early and wanted to kill a couple hours before I went to work. And I thought, sure, I'll throw this on. And it 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 blew me away. It took me back to the first time I saw the original The Vanishing, uh, hmm. the, the European version of the film, not the one with, with, with Jeff Bridges. It, it is that kind of horror movie that feels like you're watching a dark drama and in the end, you realize you just watched a horror movie. And I was deeply disturbed by it. It went in a direction I didn't quite see coming. I went in with no expectations and uh, was just really floored by this movie. Um, don't want to give too much away because it's always best to go into a movie like this cold. Uh, have either of you guys seen it? Yeah, yeah, heard yeah. Of it? yeah. Heard of it. Yeah. I want to do an episode on it. Actually, uh, Jackie Necrosphere uh recommended this to me and mm. he spoke really highly of it and you know, i checked it out I, I i dug it man and i was fucking so angry at the end of that movie too man just mm. you know yeah it really gets under your skin man and like just that's the best kind of horror movie uh to me something that really just disturbs you and you can't get it out of your head like i said like the first time you see the vanishing the first time you see something like midsummer or the wicker man just something that just chills your bones like and uh this 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 did that for me and it was very unexpected came out of nowhere and uh yeah i i can't speak its praises enough just fantastic fantastic movie i want to see it i'm going to see it you should awesome. <laughs> yeah i will yeah. i will all right it's time for my number one horror film of the year and it is ty west x all right yeah man that is my number one film um it's funny like i i always thought that it was i always knew it was gonna be in like my top five or whatever but um as the year progressed and the more i thought about it and i was like you know what this this was the movie that was like the most me movie you know like mm -hmm. i just uh, i'm a big texas chainsaw massacre guy but it also had like you know that like you know side porno angle set in the 70s um it has a fucking alligator uh it has a creepy old woman it has a, a creepy husband uh you don't know what the fuck is going on initially um it's just like a lot of fun really solid solid return from ty west yeah. um yeah man i mean i don't know you know what more can be said i know a lot of people really like this movie i'm sure it's it's appearing in a lot of top five top tens i'm sure number ones 
Um, yeah, I liked it more than Pearl. I gotta say. So that is I why it's too. my number one. Yeah. Well, it know. was my number one for a while. I'll say that. Okay. Hmm. It so is I saw it with him. It oh. is my number one as well. Actually. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, dude. It's like I uh, I got so stoked when I watched this movie just because, you know, it, it was a big fuck you to all the woke ass like bullshit sensitivo mm. stuff that's been going on in horror. Like mm-hmm. you think about yeah, Texas, right. think about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think this is what we actually talked about. Like this, Ty West should have made remade Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hundred oh, yeah. I mean, percent. Yeah. Like that 100%. bullshit that was on Netflix was so whack, man. And like, this is the spirit of that type of film. You know, I think mm. X. It's just sort of reaffirmed, like why the fuck anyone makes horror films, really. You know exactly. And it's also mm. fun. It was fun, but it also had a lot of fucking brutal shit in it. And it was just good, man. You know. <laughs> Um, and oddly enough, you know, I did not realize this, and I'm I'm assuming you guys realize this. Wednesday is in this movie, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, that's Jenna right. Ortega yeah. is literally only 20 years old, which I had no idea she was that young. Okay, in this movie, I felt like I don't know. I thought she was like much older, you know. I did too. And, in Wednesday, she's playing like 15 or 16 or something. Yeah. And you and she's not nude in X, but she's like almost nude in it. And it's just like <laughs> a mind fuck. Like, and it's like, holy shit, Wednesday is an X. And it yeah. didn't dawn on me till like a week ago. Honestly. <laughs> well, is it I think Mia Mia Goth is pretty young too, right? Yeah, but she's not, I think she's she's definitely older than 20, you know. Um yeah. But that was a bit of a trip for me. I, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me. I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, fuck, Wednesday is in X. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. X X is definitely, that. that's going to go down as a turning point, I think, in horror films. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, you know horror, horror got like, you know, very uh, esoteric and like sort of high-minded, which I appreciate that. You know, it got very academic in some ways. And then, uh, you know, and I like a lot of, I like all those films that take it to that sort of more intellectual level. But I also, let's face it, man, you know, it's the same reason. It's like everyone who plays in a metal band got into metal because they like Slayer. You know what I mean? That you want to like rip like satanic guitar riffs. You know what I mean? And then. For then that you metal, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, but then, and then like, you know, even if, even guys who are like playing in like this kind of like more, you know, like sort of progressive type of bands. One, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, Pick up the guitar because you wanted to fucking learn Black Sabbath songs and play Slayer. You or know? Metallica, right? Oh. Exactly. Like and then, oh, and by then the way, you... Mia Goth is a 29, by the way. Uh, all right. Uh, so she's, she's considerably okay. So she's you know, she's a grown woman, you know. <laughs> and that's what I mean about this Ty West movie. It's like a back to basics kind of film. You know, it's definitely conceptual, but he understands it's like this is why he probably makes horror films. He likes to have fucking intense shit like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it's definitely not highbrow, but it is smart, smarter than your average slasher. It has more on its mind than just blood and guts for sure. Yeah, exactly, and that and that's what I that's why it's my number one is because it kind of covers both realms, you know. Yeah, it straddles that line perfectly. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right, let's hit let's hit some uh, some honorable mentions. Um, I will go first. Uh, one of them is definitely what Josiah saw. Enjoyed oh. the hell out of that. Nice. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, Pearl, another obviously great film. Um, I enjoyed Black Phone. That is an honorable mention. And I am going to put as a late entry the short film Heck from Kyle Edward Ball, which is the precursor to next year's, what is looking like next year's buzz film, Skin America. Yeah, um, dude, I got I to check that out. Yeah, Heck, mm. Heck is a, it's a short, check it out. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's like, you know, 28 minutes or whatever, but uh, definitely an honorable mention. And uh, one more little honorable mention is uh, Watcher from Chloe Okono, not The Watcher, Watcher, uh, which is on Shutter. Uh, cool movie. Oh, is, is that the Swedish one? Watcher. Uh, it's oh, it's, it's not like Swedish. Some, it's like Scandinavian, though, right? Or yeah, Dutch, maybe. Yeah, it's it's an English language film, but it, it's foreign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Watcher. Okay. Um... I have a couple honorable mentions. I also had Pearl in my honorable mention. Uh, I had Barbarian, mm -hmm. which was floating around in my top six, but ultimately I just I like, you know, like the, nothing bad to say about Barbarian. I think it's a fantastic movie, uh, but it didn't quite make my top six. Probably would be my number seven. Uh, also, Glorious. Uh, oh, movie yeah, that's on yeah. Netflix. Mm -hmm. yeah. Really, really enjoyed that movie a lot. A lot of fun, Lovecraftian, and not quite what you expect that it's going to be uh, for a movie that's sort of about a glory hole in a gas station uh, bathroom. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, much better than I expected. And uh, I want to point out a, a movie that didn't really get a lot of attention, Duel, from the director Riley Stearns. Mm. Um. Loved it. Uh, the only reason it didn't make my top six, it's more horror adjacent than an actual horror movie. And last year I had more horror adjacent stuff. And this year I wanted to kind of stick to pure horror. Uh, right. but yeah, I heard Duel, pretty interesting things about it. It's fantastic. Uh, I really like him as a director. He's made two films uh, before this. Uh, one of them is called Faults uh, with the great Leland Orser in a lead role, which he doesn't often get. And uh, he made another film, uh, The Art of Self-Defense, which a uh, little, little divisive, but I, I enjoyed it. Sort of a black comedy. And this also seems to have a darkly comedic vibe uh, to it. Seem another alternative universe kind of movie where cloning is real and people kind of speak in this weird stilted dialogue. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's very funny, very original, uh, kind of downbeat, uh, but uh, great movie. Uh, highly recommend it. Cool. cool. Yeah, I've wanted to see that one. I, I definitely need to check that one out. So, so my, my mentions are basically about the continuation. This could really, if we were going to do a top 10, this would be my top 10. So, right. Yeah. So I got like, I got men on there. Mm -hmm. Nice. I got uh Christmas, Bloody Christmas, you know, mm -hmm. which is a fantastic movie. Um, I have Crimes of the Future on there mm -hmm. and Barbarian. Oh, okay. Nice. It's funny. I was wondering where Barbarian was for you, Hill. <laughs> it would. It's in my top ten, but it, the top six really. These are the ones that really, you know, resonated with me. Those that top six I just called out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got it. Of course. Um, this year was no slouch for television, folks, and horror and uh, stuff on the streaming services, uh, which is why we decided to have uh, a subcategory or secondary category for at least the top three, when hell in reality, it might've even been a top six, but we decided 
we can't have a 5,000 hour podcast. And uh, we, we, you know, we're doing the top three. Um, I will kick it off with my number three. And it is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Uh, pretty fucking wonderful, uh, you know, anthology series for me. Um, out of all the episodes, I think there was only maybe one or two I did not like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which one of them, which uh, me and Mr. Hill talked about, was Dreams in the Witch House was kind of a, a weak one. Um, but uh, some of the other ones were just fantastic. Um including the uh, the Cosmatos entry, which was the, I believe, the final episode of the series, which was probably the best one. Um, mm. You know, I was I, I kind of didn't want that one to end in a way. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of fun, uh, pretty harsh at times. It's, it's you know, horror. It gets pretty hard uh, for Netflix, in my opinion. Uh, looking forward to a season two of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, would agree with you uh, with everything. Um... For the most part, yeah, George P. or not George P. Uh, what's his Cosmodos was Cosmodos, Cosmodos, yeah, Cosmodos, Cosmodos, yeah. yeah. George P. Cosmodos was his dad. Yes, um, made the Co- great Cobra. Uh, did, did y- Cobra. Yes, yes, he did Cobra and Tombstone. Oddly enough, oh, yeah. um, uh, Dreams in the Witch House was disappointing because uh, there was one I was looking forward to the most, uh, and uh, yeah, it's sort of flat. This show wasn't bad by any means, but nothing. And it really blew me away, like I hoped. Uh, I was kind of hoping, you know, Del Toro would direct an episode. You know, he loves, you know, Lovecraft and all. It just seems like the perfect opportunity for him to really dig into that. And I was surprised that he uh, just was more of a played a producer, host sort of role. Uh, not bad by any means. The, I, there was none that were like grossly offensive or anything like that. Just um, nothing rose above the level of, yeah, that was good for me. You know what I mean? Uh, that said, I do look forward to a second season. I love horror anthologies. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. What's your number so, three? My number three is American Horror Story NYC. That's my number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number two is Let the Right One In. Hmm. Okay. Number, number oh, one. that is also my number two. So we can join that together right now. Oh, my wait, 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 also- wait. I, I, why, am I, why am I reading through all this shit? Oh, I'm I don't sure. know. That's fine. But I just went. Oh, I just went I'm going to I'm gonna edit that. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to edit this because I'm going to do it proper. All right. So I'll, I'll okay. edit this out. All right. Okay. So my, my number three is American Horror Story, NYC. Okay. You know, I, um, I t- you know, anyone out there, you know, I, I know that uh, this is like for, for like, uh, you know, probably non-horror fans, American Horror Story, more so than horror fans. And mm. if you guys, guys want to think I'm false by liking this show, that's fine. <laughs> but I really do like American Horror Story. Uh, some of the seasons are not so good. I, I acknowledge that. But this one, I thought was very powerful. It was sad, man. Mm. Everyone dies in this fucking one, man. Yeah. Brutal ending. Um, you know, kind of a statement. You know, like about, you know, the AIDS epidemic and, Mm -hmm. you know, the cops and all that stuff and, you know, homophobia. Yep. And all, but couched within one of my all time favorite movies, Cruising. Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought it was pulled off really well. And I think it captured, like, you know, the vibe that they were going for. And it was pretty successful, I thought. All right. Uh, I've only seen two seasons of American Horror Story. One was enjoyable trash, and one was just trash. <laughs> uh, um, 
Uh, the I've mentioned this in the show before the the cult season the the Trump cult thing yeah uh, that yeah, season yeah. that I liked that one and then I saw like an apo- the the one about the apocalypse yeah uh, and it was just so unbearably stupid uh, I don't know how I made it through the whole thing uh, so uh, I just Jeff, you know what you need to see the absolute first season which is awesome the very first season. I probably should, yeah. I don't know why I didn't start with one, but uh, I think I saw some of it while it was airing and thought, eh, not for me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'll, I'll eventually get there. I always say eventually I see everything. Uh, <laughs> my number three, um, something we talked a little bit about on the show, is Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. Uh, wasn't expecting much. We were actually in New Orleans when, when uh, in a hotel room on vacation when, when this came on. We thought, oh, we'll give it a shot. We're here. We're, you know, where it's supposed to take place. And I uh, was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I had, again, no expectations whatsoever of it being any good. And uh, it ended up uh, dragging, pretty much grabbing me the first episode and uh, maintained that hold over me for the rest of the season. I look forward to the second season. I hope it's not one of those things that drag on forever. I think shows should be on the air for like three seasons tops. <laughs> you know, tell a story. Don't don't uh, overstay your welcome. Yeah, I still have to check that out. I I, I mean, once again, you know, like we said, there's only 24 hours of a day, and you know, but I want to get to that one. I'm interested in checking it out. Uh, I watched episode one and it really enjoyed it. So I, I need to, to to finish up episode one. Is very good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, who's up for number two? Uh, that would be me. Uh, my number two is the absolutely excellent Let the Right One In on Showtime. Uh, man, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what this was going to be. When, when you're at a fourth iteration of a property, you know, it's the law of diminishing returns. Mm. However, not the case for the TV series of Let the Right One In. Um, it's really good. It, it takes some, some, Twists and turns not taken in either the novel or the two other films that precede it. Um, and it's just, I don't know, man. It just, with each episode, I, I got more and more into it and got to appreciate it more. And it has quite a fucking banger finale. I don't even want to say much more about it, to be honest. But the Let the Right One in series on Showtime is 100% worth your time, listeners. Coincidentally, Mike, that's uh that's my number two. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's it's um it really does have nothing to do with the novel or or the movies. It's right. it's like uh it, to me it reminds me of a vertigo comic sort of. Mm-hmm. You know, like the concept is there and they just go in their own direction. There's a whole other like sort of uh scientific element to it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's I'm really, really just interested in where they go with the next season. It's got yeah. a banger, banger ending. Oh yeah. Like I cool characters. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it just it's set like the whole thing is set up. You, you feel like you kind of know where the story's going and then it just explodes and you have no idea what the next steps are going to be. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited about the second season. Mm-hmm. Done. You know, I just want to point out if it wasn't for you two guys talking about this, I would have no idea the show exists. Well, Showtime is, I'm not even sure how Showtime exists anymore. I feel like nothing on Showtime is really promoted. 
you don't really see much like you don't you don't hear about these shows but the network exists and there's a bunch of shows on it yeah. so it's i don't know what's going on in the marketing and whatever but there's good shit on showtime and for you're sure right, you you are not hearing about it i don't think you're hearing about it no i i can't remember the last showtime show that had like a big buzz or a cultural moment since uh maybe dexter well, there's Dexter and there's the, what do you call it, with Clara, um, you know, uh, the, the political show that was huge. Oh, uh, uh, Homeland. Yes. Those. Yeah. yeah. But other than Homeland and Dexter, that's it. Yeah. It's been there's a, a great show on Showtime that literally no one has seen called I'm Dying Up Here uh, about comedy in Los Angeles oh, in the yes. 70s. I heard that was great. It's very, very good. Uh, although it's about comedy, I wouldn't really call it a comedy. Uh, it's very dark <laughs> and mm. dramatic, and it lasted two seasons before it was canceled, which is a shame. Uh, it's a great show. Um, and of course, of course, there's that that sick, uh, you know, John Bernthal uh, American Gigolo series. I gotta oh, check. That's, I'm watching that. Right now. Dude, it's unwatchable. It's unwatchable. <laughs> but I want to see it though. I, yeah, I, no, I know. I, I'm I'm with you, man. Because it's like it's just I like so... John Bernthal. John Berthold rules, man. But it's just like so. I don't know. I I I I have to admit that I do watch it from time to time. But it's like it's just really. It's I don't know. It's funny. He gave one of my favorite performances of the year in uh in that HBO Baltimore Cop show, uh, We Own the City. Oh man, he's he's great in that. Yeah, That's he, like a real high point for him. I don't that, even know what that is. It's uh, it's a, it's sort of a, a spiritual sequel to The Wire, although th this is actually based on the true stories. Okay, okay, gotcha. Also, uh, speaking of true stories, my number two, uh, hate to be the basic bitch, guys, but uh, my number two uh, of the year is Dahmer. Uh -huh. I don't, I, I don't think you're basic at all. Oh, that's not that basic. No, two. not basic. Uh, everyone and their grandmother was talking about this show, uh, so you know, I caved and um. To say I enjoyed it would might not be totally accurate. Uh, it's very unsettling and disturbing, as it should be. Um, you know, obviously this this really happened. There are people still living with the effects of what Jeffrey Dahmer did. Uh, I think the show was as respectful as it could be uh, in that regard. They paid a lot of attention to the victims and didn't turn Dahmer into some sort of anti-hero. Uh, well, at the same time, you know, portrayed him as human, which is obviously what, what we all are. Um, really good to really great. I mean, really great performance from the lead actor, uh, from everyone, really. Yeah. Uh, the oh, actor yeah. who played the dad, everyone was fantastic. And I mean, I know like, they combined some characters and made up some other characters, but this, uh, you know, seemed to stick to the story fairly accurately. Uh, loved it. Uh, really good. Disturbing. Don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but very, very, very good. That's definitely, I probably, I'm not going to watch it again because it's just the whole time you're just like uncomfortable and kind of feel like dirty while you're watching it too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, my number one is Dahmer from Netflix. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, honestly, like, what what can beat it? I mean, for horror, honestly, in my opinion, real life horror, right? Um, 
as you said, Jeff, it was well done. It was well acted. Um, you, you're, 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 you're definitely, you're not fast forward in anything in this uh, series. You're watching mm -hmm. the hell out of it, even though yeah. you kind of don't want to be. Um, it was harsh and brutal, but what he did was harsh and brutal and mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't flinch from that. Um, while they did not make him a cool anti-hero, well, unfortunately, he became a cool anti-hero this year. I yeah, uh, really. And I do think, unintentionally, it did make you feel a little bad for him at times. Because I myself, at times, felt a little bad for him while watching this. So, um, I'm definitely not the only person who said that. I, I feel yeah, like, you know. I I think you're sympathetic to what made the monster, but the, the, but once Not he the became actions. what he became, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's sad that any, like, you know, for sure. I mean, cause that could, you know, that seed could be planted in probably anyone, you know, you raise yeah, a little differently. Yeah. Who the fuck knows how it would turn out, but that's as far as my sympathy goes. So anyone who does what he did even once, you know, uh, uh, you've lost all sympathy for me. The three of us grew up with this story and oh, were, for sure. were around and, and very aware of it when it happened. Uh, as I said, when we covered it, it's a new story for millions of people, uh, for younger yeah. people. Uh, yeah. So, and I could see how the younger generation or young people younger than us were fucking roped in on this and glued to this. They did not grow up with this. They did not grow right. up with serial killers. Serial killers are largely gone, largely. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, and particularly like from the pop culture world, they're gone. This brought it back um, very similar to, you know, Ted Bundy a year or two ago being kind of brought back. This, I think, hit even bigger than the Ted Bundy stuff, though, um, sure. because way more people seem to have watched this than the Bundy one. Um, and now they're going to apparently find yet another serial killer to explore, uh, you know, in this fashion. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. Will I check it out? Yes, I will. So Dahmer is my yeah. number one. I also right. like how, how they address that sort of um, that in, in the Dahmer series. They, they talk about the comics and stuff that happened in the yeah. 90s. And, you know, and I know you and I, Mike, we definitely were, were guilty of being, uh, you know, serial killer sort of. <laughs> fan fan fascination with that sort of stuff it just was yeah, like a yeah. 90s thing sort of you know it was absolutely yeah interesting to me too the backlash the show got of like why make this this is offensive uh also from the younger generation you get a lot of that sort of stuff the people who didn't grow up with this story you're like why make this why do this but uh you know you, you can make that argument why make a holocaust movie why make a movie about slavery these are all fucking terrible things that actually that happened, happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't have an answer. Why? Because he can. And I think, it, like I said, as respectful as it could be uh, to the families of the victims, I don't think it, it seemed exploited towards them. And, and maybe not. Well, I don't think that was its angle. I'll say that. I don't think that was its intention to be mm, exploitation. No. I think no. it just wanted to tell the, the story. And it told it very well. Absolutely. My kill. Your number one. My, my number one is eighteen ninety nine on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, exactly the kind of thing that I love. 
you know it's like got some weird fiction angles in it it has it takes place on a ship at sea you know there's even some of the kind of technical things i like about you know nautical stuff like you know the steam engines and plotting your course with a compass like all that kind of geeky technical stuff i really enjoy that stuff and also just like that lovecraftian kind of twist man i fucking loved it 1899 and it's uh if anyone who likes that should also check out dark which is uh another oh, yeah. a series that was made by the same people cool cool yes i've been hearing a lot of talk about that um guess that leaves me my number one uh tv show i should also point out this is probably my number one thing of the year that i watched um severance on apple oh, uh, yeah 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 um, i heard that was great yeah uh michael uh, another thing that you turned me on to um also everything i said about x about watching it for the, in, in my new house and my new day we another thing we watched was uh was severance when we first moved in and it's a concept that I think I've been thinking about since I joined the workforce at like, you know, 16 years old. Like, God, I just wish there was something I could do where this was erased from my brain as soon as I left this place. Um, really great concept. Brilliant execution. Not quite what you'd expect from, from Ben Stiller, who's heavily involved in the show. Yeah. As yeah. director and, and I believe producer. Um. It's really good. Uh, it's it, it's darkly funny, uh, uh, Black Mirror vibe, but uh, probably better than any uh, Black Mirror episode I can think of. Um, uh, again, I hope I love this so much. I hope they don't drag it out. Two, maybe three seasons top. I actually am curious of where they're going to go with this. This seems like a story that like was like would be like one and done, but uh, I'm curious where they're going to go. I think I said this. It reminds me of like a Thomas Ligotti sort of I, like concept, you know, where it's there. There's like a there's like a sort of like humorous element to some of it, you know, similar yeah. to like Ligotti stories are like that. And it it takes like these uh, it it has like that mundane aspect to it, but then it just gets extrapolated into this like weird, bizarre world of, and there's some other non just like unknown quantity to it that is yet to be revealed. And it might, I wonder if they're ever going to let us know what the fuck's going on with this thing, like what they're actually doing. And I hope they don't. I like yeah. that mystery always being there for you to think about. Like, like, like a great David Lynch film. Like, here it is. You figure it out. Um, well, it's, it's kind of like what I was saying about um, something in the dirt where you never really understand like what the thing right. is, but you're seeing their, their interpretations of it and their, how their lives are reacting to what this thing is. And that's kind of how, how I kind of hope severance goes in that direction. You know? Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah. It's uh, phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. I mean, it's one of those things I couldn't shut up about for like months. Like talking to everyone, like, you got to see this, you got to see it. <laughs> um, and uh, well enough people saw it cause it is getting a second season. So yeah, that's uh okay. Um, so we did our TV, we did our movie. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Maybe something you thought was overrated, something people liked that you didn't like. Because oh, I want to guys... do. I want to do an honorable mention of TV. Okay. Oh, okay. Archive eighty one. 
Dude, how the fuck did I forget that? How did I Amazing. <laughs> it, it, it is weird that you forgot it because you got me into it. Um, wonderful, wonderful, only one season because Netflix can suck sometimes. Um, I really wanted to see where that story was going to go. Uh, maybe they could put it. Now, that would be a cool graphic novel, Mike. I could picture that being, oh, yeah. you know, transferred over into like a different medium, almost the Archive 81. Um, so that's my TV honorable mention, along with the American Horror Story, New York City, which I did enjoy. Right on. Yeah. I got a cabinet of curiosities in there because I liked all of it except for maybe two. Mm. And uh, and the things I liked in it, I loved, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to the next uh, installment of that series. Mm. I have no honorable mentions for TV. I just wrote down those three things. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I mean, there, you know. there, there are two movies that I wanted to shoehorn into this, but just are not horror movies, no matter how you cut it. Of course, there's the Batman movie, which is not a horror yes. movie. Great I, movie. You, can, you can squint and maybe make it a horror film. And then, of course, <laughs> of course The Northman, uh, which is a heroic fantasy fucking movie, basically. You know, Mike, I, I toyed with putting both those movies on my list. The Batman, even at number one. Yeah, <laughs> For, yeah but they just there was so much great ho actual horror that came out that it really. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, some movies I wanted to bring up that you guys mentioned all three of these movies that I, I put in my disappointment slash overrated category. <laughs> nope, I would consider a disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um. Not a terrible movie, but I had higher hopes for it. Uh, Mike Hill, you mentioned this one earlier. Uh, Resurrection. I just watched it the other day, and uh, I think I kind of hated it. Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I thought um, it was cool, man. Uh, this movie, yeah, it had no tone, no atmosphere. It was just very blah. I was just, I hadn't, maybe it's because I hadn't been feeling well. This movie just annoyed me. Just didn't okay. like it. All right. Uh, even Tim Roth felt like he was just phoning it in. His character felt phony. Uh, I didn't find the lead. Uh, like she, she, she goes from sane to like insane instantly. Uh, it was a weird. Anyway, this the, uh, for, for the hype it got. I was very surprised at how much I didn't like it. And uh, Mike Scandato, you mentioned this earlier. The Watcher. Mm. Uh, watched that a little while ago, and I gotta say, for all the talk of it, I was very underwhelmed by it mm, the uh, movie you're talking about the movie not the TV movie series. yes uh i thought it was very cut and dry no surprise no i, I don't know when, when it ended i was like oh really that's it <laughs> it's just sort of like this a lot simple not a bad movie obviously it's a hitchcock uh, inspiration going on there um but it just didn't do it for me. And for the hype it got, uh, mm. I was hoping it, it was uh, going to be something that I really loved, and I didn't. And uh, underneath that, I have a couple movies that I absolutely hated that came out this year. <laughs> and I would just like to give them a little special shout-out. Shout-out to Hellraiser, the remake. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. A, yeah. Garbage. Com complete fucking garbage. Fuck that movie. Um, <laughs> the Munsters. Uh, anyone no. who knows me knows. <laughs> Not a Rob Zombie fan. Not a fan of his art in any ways uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, the Munsters, I believe, I wrote, again, another word, unwatchable. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, 
shout out to Bodies, 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 one of the most obnoxious, annoying movies I ever sat through. Uh, I wanted to be a comment about Gen Z, but I think it was more of a celebration of these obnoxious, horrible characters. Uh, and uh, what the hell? I'll put Wednesday on that list. Uh, it's something I watched <laughs> maybe 90 minutes of and uh, completely regret it. And mm. uh, but, I, you know, uh, I do want to give a special shout out to Dashcam for being the absolute oh. worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Dude. <laughs> well, that, that's my, my three hates for 2022 were de- definitely Dashcam. That's the zero out of five that I got. <laughs> yes. You know. Heck razor, awful. <laughs> Heck razor. The, you're not allowed to say bad things on it about it, razor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, dude, it's like when I first saw Hellraiser, man. But I mean, all you guys probably felt the same way. It almost seemed like we weren't supposed to be watching. It. Yeah. It, it seemed like we were doing something wrong. When I watched that movie as a kid. You know, yeah, like absolutely, it's like not for our eyes. You know. And this that fucking Hellraiser, this this other bullshit is just so fucking vanilla, man. I hated it. Mm. You know, it sounded like you were doing something right by watching it. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, and and Malignant, I thought that fucking sucked, man. Was that this year? No, that was last year. All right, last well, year. all right. That's how shot I am. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Archive eighty one came out this year, and I thought Malignant came out this year. So nah, that's okay. It's okay. Hey, we're all getting we're all getting old, but uh, yeah. yeah. Dash Cam, worst movie ever made. And I love getting people to watch it. Like, oh, you got to watch Dash Cam. Oh, is it good? Well, you just got to see it. Um, <laughs> anything uh, you want to mention, uh, Mike Scandato? Something you hate? Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to remove hate from my heart, guys. I'm sorry. No, I'm to fuck off. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I was I was let down by your boy uh, Crimes of the Future. I tell you that that's what uh, uh, me down. I didn't think it was very okay. good. Um, right. <laughs> but I didn't hate it. I was let down by it. Uh, no, not really. I mean, you know, Wednesday can suck it. Uh, Hellraiser can suck it, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre can suck it. Sorry. Yeah, that's that. That's a real. Fucking <laughs> that's it. Letdown. Yeah. Fuck. Was that this year too? That was the very beginning of the year, Texas. Yes. Oh, beginning. okay. I'll add that to the list. Is, uh, <laughs> that, I, that, that might battle Dashcam for worst movie. No, no. Dashcam Dash is the worst. worst. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film came out like just right before X. Because I remember seeing those two fairly close together and being like, fuck, X is like the one that they should have. That was yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, in spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think Archive came out in January or Fe- or Fe- January or February of 2022. That's why. It was- All right. So I I know that that I, f- I fucking almost cried when I found out that that second season wasn't coming out. There's two movies I want to see which I haven't seen yet, which might have one of them might have ended up on here. Um, Cold Blue Eye, the uh, that on Netflix. It's a uh, Christian Bale is in it. It's mm-hmm. like a uh, Poe. Edgar Allan Poe is a is an actual character in it. Missed that as well. Yeah. Oh, and there's a, there's one that I have a funny feeling I know what you're going to say, but say it. Uh, a wounded fawn. No bones and all, which I have a funny feeling was, some people yeah. are going to be screaming, going, "Wait a minute, that's not on any of your threes list," because I keep hearing all these great things about it. Yeah, I didn't see it, and it's that's why it's not on my list. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. Didn't see it, it. I right? 
If it's no, not on the list, it means we I, didn't I, see it. I have no basis for comparison on it. Just what people mm. say, you know. Yeah. That was the one movie I really wanted to get to, but uh, didn't because I have a feeling um, it would it would make my list, but I didn't uh, did didn't see it. I mean, I'll probably hopefully watch it this week. But uh, I like that director. He took a big swing with the uh, Suspiria remake. I, I didn't like it, but uh, it certainly is uh, the the product of someone with a vision. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But he made a great movie, uh, Call Me By Your Name, which very, very good movie, very atmospheric. And uh, to, uh, to see him playing in, in, in a horror sandbox again has me intrigued. So really looking forward to that. Also, yeah, the cold, cold blue eyes, anything with Poe, I'm all over. Uh, I'm all over it. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a really great performance of Poe in, in film. So uh, very curious to see how... See if they do him some ju- doom justice. I not, yeah. not not counting Jeffrey Combs in the episode of uh, Masters of Horror episode, the Black <laughs> Cat, which is <laughs> phenomenal. I love it, but that's TV. Yeah, so that's it. That's that was twenty twenty three, man. For the most part, <laughs> yes. We uh, we gave you a two hour send off, listeners. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you made it through. <laughs> well, this will be the final show of the year. And uh, now we're, you know, we're entering into the Christmas holiday or whatever, whatever holiday you celebrate that is. And uh, we'll be taking the uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's off. So we'd like to wish everyone happy holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a safe new year. And we'll see you guys in January. That's right. See you next year, everybody. Thank you for the support. Hell Take yeah. care, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Good one. Yeah. All right. That was a lot of fun. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Great list, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yo, you two, if you can check out that heck short because the ending is gonna fuck you up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right? I, I've been falling asleep to YouTube, and like every time I wake up, it's some angry nerd ranting about Marvel movies. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> so it'll be a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like the skin of Merrick is gonna kind of build on what this short was. Um, but you know that that trailer is pretty interesting. Yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. No. I'll definitely. I'm gonna check that out uh, tonight. Cool. Cool. For yeah. sure. That, you guys that, are giving me a lot to lot to think about here. A lot. A lot of stuff. I I had no interest in uh, let the right one in. None. But mm-hmm. like you guys spoke so highly of it that uh, now I'm interested. It gets better. The first two episodes are okay. Right, Mike? I, doesn't it get better? Yeah, yeah. It's um the sa- same thing over here. Because I, I was like, what could you possibly do with that story? You know, but it really, has, it's its own thing, man. You know, it's like, it's gonna, it's like a totally different storyline, different characters. Just like the idea is similar, you know. And by the end of the series, the end of the first season, it's just like its own thing. It's like, you're not even really thinking about the book. There's some of the... Yeah, there's a couple of like set pieces that are reminiscent of it, you know, but yeah, I, I, I love the movie. I love the book and I didn't like the American version of it, but I like, and I also like the series. I'm glad they're doing it. I love the American version. That's the guy that did the Batman too. I like both. I like both. Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen. All right, guys. Yeah, I got to run. Uh, uh, Mike Hill, I'll get back to some ideas for next year soon. All right, yeah, but we got to do our, uh, you know, the yeah. Uh, let's uh, something in the dirt. Yeah, let's talk about a time. I know I got my fucking girlfriend's parents coming uh, next week. 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, before maybe like if we could do it like between now and the end of the year, that's fine. Yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah, it's like next. We got two more weeks. We can figure it oh, out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Then for sure. Yeah. All right, man. All right, all right, guys. Take care, y'all. Take care, guys. Take care. All right. Christmas, you and me for Christmas. Bloody Christmas, bloody Christmas.